0: Welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Overnight Trainer podcast. I am so excited that you guys are here with me today. And I actually just moved to Austin, Texas. So I'm recording this right now in an Airbnb on the coffee table with my two dogs around me. So you might hear some background noise in this one. But before we get started today, I do wanna share a client win that I have. I am so, so, so pumped to share this with you all today. Uh, When this client came to me, she knew she wanted to get into L&D. She was thinking about instructional design or facilitation, kind of bouncing back and forth between the two. And after one week of working together, she honed in on her niche and had not one, but two offers that she didn't even apply to for freelance work. Uh, This is the season of gratitude, and I am so, so, so grateful that this client came into my life, and I am so grateful I get to watch her success, and I I can't... I can't wait for what's going to happen in 2021 with her and for all my other clients. And if you want results like these, if you want a new L&D career in the new year, uh, please, please, please reach out to me for a free consultation call to see if coaching is right for you, if we're right fit for each other. I would love, love, love to help guide you in your new L&D career. So let's get started with today's episode. It's a solo podcast. have some great guests coming up for you in the next couple episodes, but something I really wanted to talk about was identifying your niche in learning and development. And a lot of time clients come to me all the time, basically, and say, I want to get into training or they'll get maybe a little bit more specific, like I want to be a facilitator or an instructional designer. But do you? (laughs) You know, it's a question I usually ask them, like, but do you, like, is that really what you want? And I think what happens is, is that we hear, especially when we're looking to transition into training for the first time, I know I was in this boat too, you know, we hear about instructional design and we hear about training, but we don't really hear about what else there is out there. And so I really do challenge my clients to dive really, really deep and identify their niche. And your niche, when it comes to L&D specifically, is the corner of L&D, of learning and development, where you thrive in. And it's the one where you are going to be able to bring the most value. So whether you want to be an L&D and you want to freelance, or if you want to be an L&D and work for a company, a company that really resonates with you, you know, it's really, really important to understand what your niche is and what's the value, your value that you're going to be able to bring, whether it's to that client or to that company. So... When I am working with one-on-one clients and they're looking to get into LD, the number one headache, number one kind of quote-unquote complaint that I get um, is them talking about how each job description is so different, right? So they can look at 15, let's say, instructional designer jobs, and they all say different things, have different requirements, different technologies that you're supposed to know, etc. So, that's really where identifying your niche comes in and rather than getting lost in the job boards of, you know, this job says this and that job says that, we're really going to dive deep into why it's so important to have a niche because it's going to really help you a figure out like what role you want and then b h- kind of eliminate those headaches when you're looking for that specific job. So, it's really, really important. It's not about fitting into those roles. So you you research, you Google instructional designer jobs. It's not about fitting into those roles. It's about finding the right role for you that suits your transferable skills as well as your interests. So keep in mind, you know, as you're, L&D career involves, so will your niche. So for me personally, my niche, I started out as a sales facilitator. So that is what I absolutely love to do. I was a subject matter expert in sales and I uh, learned that I loved facilitation. And to me, that was my sweet spot for, for quite some time. Uh, I was all about sales facilitation. As my career developed and I started to learn more and started to learn about instructional design, then my niche really turned into video design. So I was able to combine both those interests that I had of sales facilitation into video design, e-learning. And eventually my niche really evolved into learning strategy and solutions. Uh, So from a bigger picture standpoint, becoming a director of training and really looking at honing in on my skills in designing learning strategy versus learning assets. So you'll come back to these steps over and over and over again throughout your L&D career as you your career evolves. You're going to keep refining your niche. My niche is changing now, right? So I'm going from, you know, L&D strategy, which is, which is something that I still do every single day, but now I have a new niche. So I'm I'm entering another niche, I shall say, uh, of helping people develop their careers in learning and development. So again, as your career evolves, your niche will evolve right alongside with it. So I want to go through a couple steps when it comes to identifying your niche. And the first thing to do is identify your why. I know we hear that all the time, you know, what's your why? What's your why? And it's, it's so, so, so important. Uh, I ask my clients to do this in our first one-on-one meeting. Well, once we des- decide to work together, we really start to identify what their why is. Um, you might have heard the book by Simon Sinek called Start With Why. I will link it in the show notes. And something that Simon says, and I, Simon says he, something that he says that I uh, have lived by for years and years and years now is people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And He talks about what's called the golden circle, and I'll leave you guys to. Uh, there's a YouTube video I'll link that as well, talking about the golden circle. And he talks about it more from sales, right? So he talks about Nike and he talks about Apple, and you know, people don't buy why you know what they're doing; they buy they buy into the Nike and Apple's why. So the same thing really goes into effect when you're looking for a job, right? You are selling yourself. I was just talking to a client this morning about um, sales sales leadership and how sales and learning are and learning and development are almost identical and then i was telling her i had an interview Years and years and years ago, for a director of learning position, and I was interviewing with the head of sales for for the organization, and I remember him saying to me, "Are you sure you're not interviewing for a sales position? You would be such a great salesperson." And I said to him, "Well, learning is sales, right? You ha- no matter what role you have in learning, you are persuading people. Right? If you have to." teach someone something, someone has to learn something, they have to believe you. They have to trust you. Uh, they have to, you know, you have to be able to speak to your audience and know what type of audience you have and develop content for them. So sales and leader, sales and learning go hand in hand. and uh, They're very, very uh, transferable skills as well. So if you have a lot of sales background, uh, learning and development is a really great career to move into. So I digress from that, but, you know, really when you are looking for a job, you are selling yourself to people. So it's really, really important that, you know, it's not what you do, it's why you do it. And you need to know your why before you can really define your how and your what. So before you define what you want to do, who you want to do it for, you really want to answer some of the following questions to find your why. You know, so ask yourself, why do I want to transition into learning and development? What does having a career in L&D mean to me? Why does it matter? Uh, what excites me about a career in L&D? How will my L&D career impact others? Uh, my favorite question is, when I retire from my long, successful L&D career, how do I want to be remembered? So these are questions to really sit down, journal about, write them down, ask yourself. This l and D's is a really, I'll say this now, so if this isn't you, then you might want to you know, unsubscribe but lnd in order to be really successful in this role you have to really truly have a servant's heart and what i mean by that is you know we are we are support teams no matter where we are no matter who we're working for we are here to support people and support people in their growth in their career growth Uh, it's a job to not really take lightly i mean the we are influential people in a lot of people's lives and so if you if having a career in L&D, if that doesn't excite you, if changing someone's life and their career doesn't excite you, this may not be the job for you. Uh, I think it's really important to keep that in mind and to really identify before you're even starting to look for jobs is why do I want to do this? Why do I want to be in L&D? You know, a lot of times I get resumes, you know, I've looked at resumes that are people just trying to... Just stop what they're doing and try to start something new. And I commend people for doing that, absolutely. And I think when it comes to L&D, it's just really, really important that you can learn L&D. You can, there's so many transferable skills that will get you into learning and development, but really, really, truly understanding the why behind it. Why do I want to do this? You know, Again, the how and the what will come, that is the easy part. But the why behind it, if you don't have a strong why, this career will burn you out. Uh, organizations get crazy, there's politics within them, freelance clients can drive you insane. So you have to go back to that why and say, why am I doing this? Okay, I'm doing this for the learners. I'm doing this because I want to help people in their career. Whatever your why may be, it's really important to have that because when the going gets tough, if you don't have that why, it's going to be really, really hard to stick it out. So asking yourself those questions, why do I want to transition into LD? Why does having an LD career matter to me? What excites me about a career in LD? I always say that um, I've said this for a long time, that especially in corporate, corporate training in the corporate world, that HR and talent acquisition, when they're recruiting people, you know, they're stirring the Kool-Aid, but it's really up to the training department to pour it, right? So we're pouring it, we're handing it out. So it's all part of that culture. So you know, what excites you about that? Um, how will my L&D career impact others? And then when I retire from my long, successful LD career, how do I want to be remembered? So that's your first step. Identify your why before you move on to anything else. Just know what your why is. Be super clear on that. The second step is to identify your interests and your strengths. So this is really where I challenge my clients who come to me and say, I want to be a trainer or I want to be an instructional designer. And again, like. Do you really? Is that what you really want or is that just what you heard, right? So keep that in mind. Is that what you heard or saw someone else who, you know, who was a teacher and they became an instructional designer or someone else who was a sales manager and they became a facilitator? Uh, Is that what you really want or did you just see someone else do it? Uh, So then what I want you to do is make a list of 10 to 15 interests and strengths, L&D related or not. So think about it, and, and I know it's like more career-oriented, so like rock climbing, I'm sure we could figure out some way to make sure that's transferable, but you know, career-oriented, what are your interests and your strengths, um, L&D related or not? Uh, again, it could be data entry, could be a strength of yours, right? Maybe it's not necessarily related to L&D, but it does pan out a little bit later when you're looking at those careers. So make a list of 10 to 15 interests and strengths, and as you go down your list, ask yourself why those made the list. What is it about those interests those strengths that really light you up? So a couple prompts to think about when you are crafting your list is, you know, what am I researching, reading, learning about in my free time? All right? So in that, I say free with air quotes, although you can't see me, but free time, I know we, it's a, it's, it's a luxury these days to have free time. But really think about it. What are those things you're reading? Um, What blogs are you reading? What newsletters do you subscribe to in your free time? What's really intriguing to you about that? Uh, What do I look forward to doing at work? Or what part of my work do I love to do? And one of my favorite questions is, what am I known for that I enjoy? And for me, I look at my career and how my career has transitioned now and how I'm working on coaching people who are looking to get into learning and development and I was always known for helping develop other people into trainers. So for years and years and years now, and all my jobs that I've had, friends that I've had, that is something that I have just done naturally. Uh, And for me, really doing this, everything I'm talking to you about today is what I did myself. Right. So finding out what my niche is, it took me a long time, but putting these steps down really, truly helped me. So what are you known for that you enjoy doing? So you might be known for something that you don't enjoy doing, so that we don't want to keep doing that, um, but what are you known for that you enjoy doing? Um, and again, the enjoy doing is really important because you might be known for something and you know, I have colleagues of mine, friends of mine that are known for something and they absolutely freaking hate it. Um Don't make a career out of that. (laughs) That's not, I mean, that's great that you're known for it. It's great that you're amazing at it, but let's not make your career about that. That will burn you out. You will crash and burn incredibly fast. So what am I known for that I enjoy doing is the key part there. Once your list is complete, so you've, you know, what am I researching, reading, learning about in your free time? What do you look forward to doing? What are you known for that you enjoy doing? Once that list is complete, you have those 10 to 15 strengths and interests and you've gone deep into why. Highlight those interests and strengths that you would like to use in your new L&D career. There might be some things on there that you might say, wow, you know, I really look forward to doing this, but I don't want it to be a part of my career. I don't want it to be a part of my job that I do every single day. Uh, Maybe it's something I like to do once a month or once a year. You know, for example, maybe budgeting. Maybe something you really are known for that you enjoy doing is budgeting, And it's not something you wanna do in your career every single day. But if you know that, hey, once a year I have to put a budget together, um, you know, it's not a lot of heavy lifting, maybe that's gonna be okay for you. But what I want you to do is highlight the interests and strengths, maybe pick five, six, seven of them um, out of your 10 to 15 that you wanna use in your new L&D career. So you have your why and you have your strengths and your interests. And now it's time to research different L&D roles. So I talk about it a lot. I actually just did a LinkedIn post about it today um, that, again, you can look for instructional designer jobs, but every single one might be different and it might not be exactly what you want it to be or what your career is going to be. So now that you have your list of your skills and your Interest that you want to use in your new L&D career, it's time to research different learning and development roles. So this is less about finding the exact job that you're gonna apply to, even though you might, you very, mel- very well may find that job. And it's more about identifying the type of role you belong in. So again, it's less about finding the exact job you'll apply to and more about identifying the type of role you belong in. So let that sink in for a second. So it's important not to limit yourself to searching by title. So instructional designer, corporate trainer, et cetera, et cetera. And instead you're going to search for the skills that you identified in step two. So we're not going to look anymore for those specific job titles necessarily, or at, the, at least at this step as you're identifying your niche, you are going to search by those skills that you highlighted that were the ones you wanted to use in your new L&D career. So what I recommend doing, and this is something I usually only share with my clients, but since you are a friend of the pod, um, I am going to give you a little tip that I give to my clients. So I recommend using linkedin.com slash jobs, not sponsored by them, but hey, linkedin, what's up? Um, LinkedIn.com slash jobs. They have an incredibly robust a diverse database of jobs and my favorite part about LinkedIn job search is they have a really really great search function. So again this is something I usually only share with my clients but a tip is to use what I call is the and function. So and I'll put this in the notes too in the, in the show notes so you can access it but basically what you do is I want you to take maybe your top three um, skills or interests maybe four of them and Type out in the search bar, put the word learning, and then in capital letters, so space bar and capital letters, and, and then insert one of the skills. So let's say that it's data entry. Uh, then space bar and in capital letters again, and project management. And space bar again, capital letters and, and let's see, facilitation. So let's say that on your list of your skills, you had facilitation, data entry, and project management. So you're going to write learning, capital and, data entry, capital and, project management, capital and, facilitation. And search for that. Every job that exists that have those four words in them, and I always put learning in there, you know, learning or training, because again, that's the kind of jobs that you're looking for. Um. any job that has the, those listed in them and the, in the body will pop up for you. So rather than typing in instructional designer and getting 14,000 000- <laughs> – Responses fourteen thousand you know different jobs you're actually going to get jobs that come up you have a lot fewer to look through uh, but more specific to your skills so again you can add in all your skills that you had in there you can just do the top five the top seven different combinations of each but I'll put that in the show notes and it's a little hard to explain uh, via audio uh, I know for me personally I have a hard time following directions via audio I'm really good listening to podcasts getting information but following directions I'm not so much of an audio person Uh, so I will put that in the show notes but that is my tip that I give to all of my clients because it really really helps um, see what else is out there besides just instructional designer or trainer Uh, that's what we're kind of conditioned that those are the two different areas you can go in All right, so now that you have identified the roles that interest you the most, so again, you're now seeing, oh, well, it's a whole new world out there other than, like I just said, instructional designer or trainer. There's a whole new world out there. So now's the time to identify what type of company you want to work for. And same thing, if you know you want to be freelance, what type of companies do you want to attract? What type of clients do you want to have? So this is important, especially if you're looking for a company, Um, and a lot of of my clients are not looking to necessarily be freelance right off the bat. They do want to work for an organization, which I totally understand. Um, So this is important, though, because you can be doing a job that you love, but if it's in a company that you hate or don't align with, it won't be fruitful, especially when it comes to learning and development. I have found through my personal experience that it's really, really important to be aligned with the company because you are part of the culture. You are part of spreading the gospel of the culture. So if you do not align with it, it becomes very, very challenging to spread that gospel because you are not aligned with it. So it really creates some internal friction uh, when it's a company that you don't align with from a values perspective. That's why with my clients, I, I, we really spend a lot of time, once we figure out you know, what their niche is as far as their why, their those skills, what kind of roles they'll be the perfect fit for, what company they want to do it. So to do that, you want to answer some questions to yourself. Who is my ideal company? So there's a company out there, you know, are you a, a customer of a certain company? And you're like, wow, I would totally, totally work there. Um, I always feel that way about Southwest Airlines. I've always had such incredible experience on Southwest Airlines and I always say, wow, I'd love to work here. <laughs> like it'd be so fun to create training for these, for these people. So, you know, who is my ideal company? What size are they? Uh, you know, Do you want to be uh, at a really large company? You know, I have friends who have worked at really, really, really large companies and they love it. Um, and I have friends who worked at really large companies and they hated it, right? So I think it's figuring out, do you want to be a big fish in a small pond? Uh, or do you want to be a fish, and a big pond. And there's pros and cons to both of those, for sure. Um, so I think just thinking about that, you know, doing research on startup life, uh, small companies, medium-sized companies, large companies, you're gonna get lots of different benefits from working at each different type of company. But what size is that ideal company? Um, do they specialize in anything in particular? Uh, is would you want to be in a tech work for a technology company, a SaaS company, an education company, a shoe company, a retailer, right? So what kind of company would you want to work for? Um, like I mentioned before, what values does that company have? Those are things that you can look up on the internet. If a company doesn't state their values, they probably don't have any. Um, what will the team I'm on look like, right? So do you want to be one of two or three or four? Uh, I think Home Depot, their learning team, has like hundreds of people. Uh, I was reading a book recently, and it was Comcast. I think Comcast has like hundreds and hundreds of people on their on their learning team. So there, it varies, right? I've worked on teams where I've been the only learning and development person. So what does the team you're on look like? Um, who will you be reporting to? So what kind of boss do you want to have? Uh, really important to keep that in mind. And then what will your development look like? So what will my development look like? Asking yourself that and looking for a company that's going to value developing you as much as you value developing other people. I once had a former manager of mine who I love so much, but he used to always say, Learning and development, we're often the cobbler's kids with no shoes, and I always laughed at that, and I always thought, oh, that's so not fair. It's so not fair that we train everyone else, but we rarely get trained ourselves, and I think I mentioned it in an earlier podcast episode, but I've made it my mission to make sure that doesn't happen to me, to my team, uh, to anyone who's in my learning and development circle. It's how do we constantly grow. Uh, I always say we have the best shoes, we have the Louboutins, which I've heard are terribly uncomfortable anyways, Uh, but of training. We need to be the best. We can't pour from that empty cup. So what will your development look like? That's really, really important because as you're doing that, you're going to start to figure out what is that company for you. And it may not be the one that you thought it was. And I think it's really important to keep that, or an industry that you thought it was. So keep that in mind. Um, Really dive deep. This is where you do some research. Talk to friends, and it's not even talk to learning and development friends. You know, it's looking at who works in different companies, different size companies that you know of. It could be your mom, it could be a boyfriend, a girlfriend, an aunt, like your cousin, anyone. It can be college roommate, know asking them hey I know you work for this really large company what's it like working there I know you work for a small company what's it like working there so this requires a little bit more research uh, but again will be really really fruitful because you don't want to get this really great job but do this job for a company that you really don't like or don't align with and like I said before it's really really challenging to do the work that we do when you do it for a company you don't align with. So that was actually step number four. So step number five is the the bigger step, kind of wraps everything up, is what problem can you solve? So this is the final step of identifying your niche and it's really uncovering the problems that you can solve. What I have found with my clients is one of the, and, and honestly too from having done hundreds and hundreds of interviews in my life of people looking to join my learning and development team, but one of the top differentiating factors among job applicants is identifying what learning problems the team and the organization are facing that you are able to solve. So what is setting you apart is that you can solve their problems. So this is where networking comes in. I was talking to a client earlier about the importance of networking. Now that you've identified the role, types of roles that suit your interests and your strengths, as well as the type of company you want to work for, this is where you really dig in and do some research. Now, again, everything I'm talking about is not something you can do in one day. I mean, maybe you could. It will take a couple hours um, to do. But this is something you maybe do over the course of a week or two weeks. Uh, It takes a little bit of time. It's not something that's just going to pop into your head doing something for 30 minutes. Uh, So this is where networking comes in. And you are going to take the time to really comb through LinkedIn profiles that match the job listings that you found in step three and research the companies of those people. So let's say, for example, you know, that you found that learning experience designer. That that tend to be something that kept coming up for you. Uh, You're going to find people in that job. So type in, in the search bar of LinkedIn and looking for the profiles this time and not jobs learning experience designer and see who comes up. And then I want you to find five to 10 people total that have your ideal job and your ideal company. I promise you it exists. It's out there Um, or as close as possible and then connect with them. And I want you to, when you request their connection, send them a message telling them that you're starting to look for a similar role and ask them what challenges they face. So say, hey, you know, I'm looking to get, I'm looking to become a learning experience designer. I see that you're doing that for Apple. You know, that's the type of company I'd like to work for one day. Uh, but as I'm looking to get my bearings, as I'm starting to, my search, you know, I want to know more about what are the challenges that you face in your position. You know, within your company, asking those questions, and once you gather that information, identify problems you already have the skills to solve. So that way, when you go into these interviews that you're going to get because you have this amazing niche and you're applying for jobs that have these transferable skills that you already are able to transfer into learning and development, you can go into it with, hey, you know, I've spoken to several people who work at companies like this. One of the biggest challenges they face is XYZ. Is that something you experience here? More likely than not, they're going to say, oh, yeah, we, we experienced that. Great. You know, this is what I bring to the table. This is how I can solve that problem for you. You know, and having a list of five, six, seven problems that you're getting from these people that you already have listed that when they bring it up and you say, hey, what are some of the problems you're facing here during your interview? and they say, "Oh, XYZ, awesome. You know, I've talked to other people who've experienced that same problem. This is how I can solve it for you." So again, under defining your niche is really, really important because you are going to be the ultimate problem solver. That's what we do in LND. We solve problems. So, You follow these five steps, then you have a clear direction to head into your L&D career search, um, that job search. It's less spaghetti at the wall (laughs) and it creates a higher likelihood of getting an L&D hiring manager's attention and being able to fill the void that they have with your niche. So again, it's building value. It's understanding what your niche is in L&D, building that value and solving that problem. Now, lucky for you guys, I've actually put all of this into a free PDF for you. So I know this is a lot of information. It's all in a free PDF that I have, all five steps, questions to ask yourself, etc. Um, so if you go to www.theovernighttrainer.com slash nailing your niche, you can download the guide that has all of the steps that you need to follow. I'll put it in the show notes, but again, it's www.theovernighttrainer.com slash nailing your niche you'll get that uh free guide so after completing the guide you know one of my clients actually emailed me and they literally wrote back i wish i would have had this exact thing six months ago it would have saved me so many headaches and spinning wheels it's a wonderful incredibly thorough resource and it's free for you guys. Uh, so download it today. Again, www.theovernighttrainer.com slash nailingyourniche. Uh, again, I'll put it in the show notes for you. But that is our episode for today. I am so excited uh, for to hear what your guys' niche is. Uh, so as you're doing this, uh, Go on LinkedIn, you know, tag me in your niche posts. Uh, email me, hello at theovernighttrainer.com if you have any problems with it. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you find as far as your niche goes. Uh, and again, I'm available for one-on-one coaching. I do only have a few spots left as we move into the new year. A lot of people are looking for those new jobs. And um, I'm here to help you get that and get that new L&D career. Or if you're already in L&D and you're looking to you know, jumpstart, catapult. Uh, I mentioned in my first episode that I went from a corporate trainer to a director of training in two years. I can help you do that as well. Uh, Then feel free to reach out to me. Hello at the Overnight Trainer. We can set up a one-on-one call totally free to you to see if one-on-one coaching is right for you. Um, And I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to be a part of your journey. So thanks for listening. We have some great episodes coming up soon. Uh, Remember to subscribe, rate, and review if you get uh, anything out of this podcast. I'd love to hear again in the comments what your niche is. So have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the week. Hopefully I'll be talking to you soon from my permanent uh, house and not an Airbnb, but until then, happy learning and go get them.